0: Hello everyone. Welcome to episode two of Did You Watch The Race? The new podcast where we'll be looking at the world of Formula One from a dual perspective of both a new fan, myself, and a long-time viewer. Myself. Thanks to everyone who listened to episode one and gave us some feedback. We are going to be starting an
1: Instagram page on the same day as this episode goes out. We will be running a little competition for two €25 vouchers to Kylemore Karting in Dublin. You will be able to enter that by following the page, liking the page, sharing the page... Giving abuse on the page. Yeah,
0: interacting with us at all. It would be great. We'd we need So, this week on the podcast, we're going to be looking at some news. Potentially some rumours that have come out in the past week. We're going to have a preview of Jeddah, the next race. And we're going to play some fun games. And potentially answer some fan questions.
1: So, the news. Lance Stroll, after the race last week, put up an Instagram post going through the extent of his injury. So, obviously, there was a lot of uh, rumours at the time what... Had happened to him and was he who had done it to him? <laughs> <laughs> and whether he'd be fit to race or not. So he put up an Instagram post after the race to say on February 18th, I crashed my bike while traveling in Spain. The scans showed I had a fracture and displacement in my right wrist, a fracture in my left wrist, a partial fracture in my left hand, and finally another
0: fracture in the big toe on my right foot. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Leave the biggest to last there, Lance. Did he describe what he actually, as in like, besides the injuries, did he describe like how he crashed the bike or like what was he doing? No, I think he just left that up to imagination. Was he racing or like was he doing like proper
1: cycling or is he just out and about? No idea. I think just out training. I assume just training. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, like that's pretty extensive levels of injury to be piloting a, an F1 car What
0: within three weeks of. Sorry, yeah. I'm just going to go back to the bike here. I cycle a fair bit and I've fallen off my bike before. I've never had injuries that bad. Like, what? Did he cycle into a well, wall? Then you should be driving for Aston Martin. <laughs> I'd happily do that. <laughs> but I think it shows the
1: level of commitment he had to get back into that seat and, and it really puts pay to his performance as well to be that close to Fernando who had the full testing
0: and then even had Yeah, I think that kind of shows how good the car is this year for them. I know he like I'm not saying that he's shit of <laughs> like <laughs> I was trying to throw a hands a bone there, but <laughs>
1: he's got he's got enough of them.
0: <laughs> not anymore.
1: Yeah yeah, I suppose, yeah, it it shows as well with the car that, that he can hop in and be that quick straight away. But I think it gives a good example of where he's at this year, his readiness for the year that he really didn't want to miss this first race because missing the first race in the car would really set him back for the rest of the season. You, you're starting behind your teammate immediately. Yeah. You don't know, especially
0: if they're finishing third.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if Djokovic had come in there and done a really had, had a really good race, everyone was saying, "Oh well, like you know, Lance is shit and Djokovic is great." Yeah. So for him personally, I I don't think he wanted anyone
0: else in that seat. So oh no, it completely be. makes sense. Like I think it is a sign of how committed he is that he that he came back.
1: Yeah. So fair play, Lance. Good job for coming out of that. Next up, we have Hamilton's comments on the Mercedes team not listening to him during the development of the w14 so he's basically said he's tried to talk to the engineers over the last whatever i suppose six months since the in the, the development of this car and that they haven't taken his feedback into account now it's a funny story to be coming out at this time of the se- this early into the season especially when it's not something we've really heard from mercedes before of hamilton's yeah. distrust in the development team Now it it may have happened before And they've just been that good That, that it didn't matter Yeah But now that he's seeing why, Where the car is going wrong They're not They're not taking that feed, They can't take that feedback Into I, account
0: They're trusting the simulations yeah. too much I wonder also Would it be a case of No one paid Like he might have mentioned it before But no one paid attention to it Because it didn't matter Because the Mercedes are ahead Now he, that he Like It yeah. sounds like he's complaining more I think people would be like Oh just because you're losing You're like, complaining more So like, As in like That's not what I'm saying But like if people perceive that and they want to rag on them, like...
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, that that beforehand, they would have been talking positive and negatives about the car. Now they're just talking negatives. Yeah. Well, Hamilton is. So it seems like this is more of a story than it was. It's just that there's never been a, such one-sided discussion, I suppose, of
0: yeah. well, the performance like, of the car. I think he's had a few positive things during testing.
1: Yeah, they seem to have flipped, though, since they, they were happy coming out of testing, and then just, I think when they've seen the pace of the Red Bulls and the Aston Martins, they've, that's really put the shits up them, basically. Yeah. But, yeah, it might go some way to explain why... The Mercedes pace didn't seem to be what it was. At the end of the day, the drivers are the ones driving the car. The car is built, obviously, to simulations, to CFD, but it's the drivers who are sitting in it, bringing around the turn. He's not just giving advice, saying, oh, make it faster, make it lighter, make it better. He would understand... Imagine if he was. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm like, again, yeah, I could be you know giving him way too much credit here but given given advice on the balance through the turn they'll know yeah exactly no i imagine where. yeah
0: especially when it changes from race to race as in like i'd, I'd imagine he is given like i just think it'd be funny if he yeah, was just like make it faster going in with like a crayon drawing
1: of it, being like, <laughs> it should be like this it just has red bull logos all over it <laughs> that'll be something to keep an eye on over the next few races and when we get Mercedes first big upgrade package, I suppose to see if Hamilton is a bit happier about it, has, have they taken his advice? I was going to say <laughs> criticism.
0: <laughs>
1: so in Ferrari land, the, whatever wheels were left on that car seemed to be coming off. The head of aerodynamics, David Sanchez has resigned. Resigned or was, I thought, I thought he was meant to leave. No, he, re, well,
0: he resigned. It's bit vague, is it? Yeah, yeah. I heard that. Well, I don't know, As I heard Fred was uh, kind of, not in the warpath, but basically doing a purge of Bonato.
1: Yeah, so there's been a couple have left in the last, since the start of the year, really, I suppose. So, obviously, Bonato at the end of last year, then we had the head of strategy leaving, we've had the head of race management leaving, we've had now David Sanchez, the head of aerodynamics, leaving, so... Is Fred just trying to get in there, get his own team
0: assembled? Which you'd have to say you could understand. Do you think he's offering them packages or is it actually that the culture is quite probably changed up a bit now that, that Fred is in and people aren't happy? Yeah, like,
1: well, like if, if people were comfortable, because Ferrari was always seen as Ferrari, you know. If, yeah. if people were comfortable in there and now there's somebody coming in trying to change that environment, that they were probably part of the elite management of if somebody's trying to come in and shake that up which fred coming in as a complete outsider well coming in as an outsider to ferrari would have to to try and get his own grip on the team because otherwise he would end up being a yes man again for ferrari which they've had over the years and it just doesn't work we've seen you know they haven't had success in years so fred could be yeah coming in trying to set up his own culture and push the team forward and sometimes to go forward. You need to take a couple of steps back. It could be indicative of where Ferrari are for this year, that this is a a rebuild year for them and hopefully hit the ground running then next year. So yeah, he's been over the development for a couple of cars that were effectively clangers. Obviously, yeah, the 2020 car, the 2019, early 2019 car before the rocket ship engine really wasn't great. And they got some external help on that one then and I think the same in 2018 that he's had a very checkered past in overseeing the aerodynamics of the car so it's probably best for Fred to get someone new and some fresh blood yeah Yeah,
0: because like even if they haven't got the most experience at least give them a chance to develop it over the next year or so. A fresh set of eyes on it. You know,
1: if you've the same person over for years now, obviously you look at the Red Bull with Adrian Newey who keeps knocking it out of the park. Yeah but. yeah, but he's
0: knocking it out of the park every time. If he wasn't, then you'd yeah, probably yeah. need to change it up.
1: If you're iterating on a turd, <laughs> you still end up with a turd at the end, yeah. Maybe we'll see a new, not so much new concept, but we'll see a new angle from Ferrari for their development for going forward. It will be an interesting year though. Is this going to completely put a pause on their development for this year really? Are they going to just start targeting next year from early on? Or will they try and work how much?
0: I don't think it's that bad. I feel like they'll still try this year. Like Obviously not for first because Red Bull are so far ahead. Yeah. But like I don't see them not being able to fight for second.
1: I suppose they'll look at this year development this year with a respect to next year they probably won't waste any time on anything they don't think they'll carry over to a newer yeah. car but they will still
0: yeah work yeah. On, on and the again system. this is only the first race and whatever Charles's issues were probably reliability like if he, he was doing really well yeah yeah, yeah it was something like, to do with Arrow yeah yeah so I feel like they could probably still be in the fight next race or even the race after like it changes every track like I can't imagine Aston Martin are going to be that fast on every no. track so, which yeah. we
1: will touch on in our race preview woo And then speaking of car development, so we just have a chart of the wind tunnel time available for the teams up till the summer rake this year. So it's probably just a good time to point this out for the beginning of the year, for the the development cycle, really. So Red Bull is severely hampered compared to... So do you know how the... the No, I was just about to ask. So I assume it's allocated on... Your championship position, yeah. From after the first race, is it? No, so they do it twice a year. So they'll do it at the end of the previous championship yeah. and at the summer break okay. of the current championship. So the allocation up until this year has been set from the results at the end of last year. Yeah. So 7th place get 100% up to 10th place getting 115%, then it really ramps down as you get up to the leaders of last year's championship. So Red Bull on top of that have their cost cap penalty so they only have 63% of the wind tunnel time that Aston Martin do for this year. Okay. So this will be a really interesting test this year to see how much that extra wind tunnel time Helps in season development helps them
0: close that gap. Yeah, that's mad. I can't imagine Red Bull would need it that much. They're they're what are they like point seven of a second ahead? Yeah, but they need everything they can. Every team needs everything
1: they can. But Christian Horner interestingly said that basically the knowing that they had less time made them use their time so much better. So I think this gets back to what we were saying that it's Cap encourages efficiency, not throwing money. everything at the wall. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to track that throughout the season to see how teams are developing against each other and making use of what, what's at hand to them. I think that's it for the news. Any rumours? There is the rumour coming out with obviously all this Ferrari musical chairs that a lot of it is down to keeping Leclerc happy as well. So there's massive rumours that I've read, baseless, completely baseless rumours, that signs his sponsors and his father effectively have been fairly heavy-handed in how they want signs treated within Ferrari so they want him equal status in that team yeah fair enough yeah I suppose you can see that from from their perspective yeah, yeah yeah from their
0: perspective yeah from their perspective he they want him to be the number one driver obviously so yeah it makes sense that they're pushing for that at the minute Charles is being treated well supposedly being treated as the number one driver and so they want the, the, the what they would ideally like is that Carlos yeah. would be the number one driver yeah. But at yeah, the minute they're just fighting for, for whatever they can Yeah, fight, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So
1: Charles obviously has the feeling that there's a more there's a higher ceiling in this car if it was being developed around him, not necessarily completely, but more so. And that Carlos's involvement in that has been holding back what they're capable of.
0: Yeah, it's hard to, like it's kind of similar to Red Bull situation where they're obviously tailoring the car towards Max. Exactly, yeah. Um and obviously like Checo has gotten more comfortable in it, and I think he has had a bit more of a say. But at the same time, like if you want to have a championship winner, you probably do need to start favouring one driver over the other. Yeah, unless you have a wholly dominant car, which, say,
1: Mercedes had, yeah. Red Bull have had in the past. I think Charles is looking at this being like, I'm fighting Max with one hand behind my back because the, the car is getting tugged one way and the other and they're not getting the balance that they want in it. He had huge issues with it all through last year with front end, which obviously he wants a tight front end on the car. Maybe Carlos prefers more rear stable car so yeah he's probably looking at Max saying exactly that
0: hey he's getting it why can't I get it too yeah then again I feel like Carlos would be fighting for the same thing he's just not in that position yet to be like I think he's trying to get in the footing so he can prove himself to be like I can be your number one driver but that's our baseless rumour
1: for the week we'll be trying to continue with those no this is a fact (laughs) F1 is great for there is always something going around the rumour mill yeah and we can talk about them all day long yeah have to be fantastic. So, anyway, on to this weekend. Did you watch the highlights from last year's race? Actually, no, I didn't. So, yeah, very different track from Bahrain, very different surface. It's going to be a lot lower day. Last year, majority one stops. So, the one thing I really know is from last year, a couple of drivers really got screwed over from safety cars which obviously this is technically a street track, so you're a lot more likely to get safety cars on. So both Perez and Hamilton were the two big jump outs last year that pitted well before the safety car and got jumped during the safety car period then. So I think we'll see teams a bit more conscious of that this year on strategy. How would they be
0: more conscious of that? Like if they're going to pit, they're going to pit. How would they know if a safety car is going to come out or not? Like how would they predict that? They can't predict when a safety car will come out, but they will extend their stints
1: insofar as possible to ah, okay. mitigate the chance of a safety car coming out. So they yeah, they look at pushing just as far as they can on that first stint. And then if they had their pits, they've had their pits, you know, that's it. But they'll definitely be more conscious of it this year than last year. I think with the number of rookies in the field this year as well, I would be very surprised if we see the race go by without at least one of the rookies clipping a wall.
0: So I think, yeah, they'll they'll be more cautious of the, of the safety It'll car this push. year. Yeah um i'm wondering like how is this technically a street track if they purpose built the track for the race because they've purpose built this
1: street track and they are building the city around it effectively what yeah it's it's happened in a few places so korea the, the old now defunct korea track was kind of similar to that It's similar to how even you would say uh, Albert Park is technically a street circuit, the, the Melbourne Grand Prix because it's part of public roads through yeah, the that park. Yeah, one,
0: that, that one I get.
1: So this is this a similar idea to that, except they haven't built around it, basically. <laughs> so that's why you, you'll see they, they edited out Towers last year, actually. They had, like, digital advertising hoarding because they were in, under construction, and they obviously didn't want it to look oh, like yeah, it was under fair. construction. Yeah, so safety cars is something really to watch out for. I think the lower deg will suit Mercedes. I think we'll see Mercedes and Ferrari coming back at Aston Martin. Maybe not so much
0: Red Bull, because Red Bull will just have the straight line speed advantage. But yeah. I, mean, I didn't see last week's race, but was it that Aston Martin were taking them on the corners, is like that, where they were getting their their time back, or was it on the straights? Like, because obviously, if this is Ferrari and Mercedes are faster on the straights, they'll have a lot more advantage in this track. No, I don't. I think
1: it was everywhere. Um, they they weren't outright faster on the straights. They were take, they were taking them across the course of the lap. And definitely if was helping the Aston okay. Martins as well. Like by the time Alonso had strolled up to, <laughs> <laughs> by the time Alonso had strolled up to Sainz, he, he, Sainz had nothing left in the tank, nothing left in the tyres to, to defend against him. You might see less of that this week, but again, the Aston Martins still just a great race car. So we don't know, you know, even on low deg tracks, having a bit more life in your tyres can help. And again, it's something that, like we talked about the safety car, it gives Aston Martin and Red Bull that little bit of advantage that they can eke out a few more laps if they need to on a set of tyres to give that coverage away from the
0: safety car. That's fair.
1: What uh, what tyre set are we looking at this week? So this week is the softest range of the Pirelli tyres, so the C3 to the C5 you'll see obviously soft and qualifying I think you'll see more of the medium at this track than you did in Bahrain just because of the level of deg that was in Bahrain the medium wasn't fast enough over the softs but it also wasn't offering the life over the hards so yeah you're more likely to see a medium start I would say this week than you are in Bahrain we had quite a few engine failures last year. We had Alonso Ricardo, So I'd imagine that could be down to the nature of the track where it's a very high power track. You're you're flat out most of the way around it and also the higher temperatures. So teams might be a bit... Obviously, this is only the third running of Jeddah. So they're still getting used to the track. It's quite unique in terms of the challenges compared to the tracks in that region of, of with that temperatures. You might see teams, yeah, being a bit more cautious than that, running either more cooling or running slightly lower engine modes if they're happy with... The the performance of the car, car yeah. yeah in terms of it, it, it's quite a challenging track so qualifying is very very committed so you, you do separate out who can get eek that last 1% out of the car last year obviously Perez did that he put it on pole but it will be like I said for the rookies it'll be interesting for them Mick crashed last year when he was really under pressure trying to get get something out of that Haas early in the season so it's a track that really punishes people who are over committing onto it like lots of drivers last year had moments in qualifying schumacher obviously ocon as well it will it'll be interesting for the season to see who's at home with the car already and are
0: happy to commit when they're that close to the wall and at them speeds yeah do you think we'll see many red flags in qualification i'm gonna say two I, 1 in Q2 1 in Q3
1: no I'm going to say 1 in Q1 and 1 in Q3 ok do you have any other predictions
0: of the race ahead of next week
1: I think Red Bull will still obviously dominate overall they've traditionally obviously been the slipperiest car in a straight line and have it in the bends as well so this is a lot of medium speed turns so they've, they've been very strong in them as well so I, I, it's hard to look past Red Bull. I think the battle for third to eighth will be much more interesting this year. Yeah. I think strategy will come into it. A bit of luck is going to come into it. I would say, obviously, based off Bahrain, you're looking at Aston Martin being very strong,
0: but I think it's going to be very tight between I think, Aston Martin, Ferrari, and Mercedes. Yeah, I think Leclerc might come third this week. Like I like last week was just a reliability issue or whatever it was. I have no idea what it was, but I think this year, this week. Hopefully, if he has no issues,
1: he might come third. Yeah, and he, look, he was very solid around this track last year, so you never know, he could, depending on when a safety car, if, if we have a safety car late as in the As long race. as him and uh, Max don't start uh, slowing down on the streets. <laughs> yeah, We're so... checking each other. In terms of, it, it, it's a reasonable track for overtaking. There's two big areas, so obviously into the chicane at the start, we've seen a lot of people going wide, yeah. and a lot of arguments with the FIA last year with that. So you've a big overtaking there, and then into the last turn as well. Where yeah. like did they said, did
0: they move the DRS detection zone or not? It is an, as of recording, they haven't released this year's DRS. Oh, okay, yet. okay. Uh, I imagine they would have moved that just this. Or, uh, either put something in place to mitigate that kind of fuck around. No,
1: yeah, um, I don't know. It depends on what they're feeling. It's. It's less safe, but it's more entertaining. So they'll try and, and, and <laughs> where can they move it to? You know, it's, yeah, they, they could, fair. I suppose the best thing they could do is move it maybe about a hundred meters back from that turn. So before the breaking zone, so that if you're pulling up to let yeah. there, you're losing out a lot. That that would be the only thing they could do. But looking down the field then, obviously Alfa Romeo are looking strong at the minute. Bottas is a very solid qualifier. So I think he's going to be looking good for the last of the points places. I think Williams could get on well here. Albon seems to have started the season well and their car, if if it's as stable as Albon has said it is compared to last year, I think they could be in with a good shout in here. It, it'd lend to their car well. They've traditionally suited the the high top speed tracks compared to the Alfa Tauri's and the Hasses. Yeah. So I, they would, who I'd be keeping an eye out for in the race. McLaren, we obviously still have. No idea where they Imagine are. Imagine they come out absolutely gone this weekend. Just, like, knocked it out of the park. P1, yeah, yeah. P1, P2 and Quali and, yeah.
0: Love to see it, yeah. Do you think Lando will um, stick that out if this year doesn't go well? Again, like, like we've talked about... Where would he go? <laughs> where would he go, yeah. I don't know, yeah. Well, if signs, uh is getting pushed out, you know... I, I know. think...
1: I, do, I don't think we'll see any big driver changes between now and 2025... because the new regulations are coming then so i i would imagine a lot of a lot of drivers and a lot of teams are priming themselves for 2025 and they'll be preparing the packages to say oh look this is what we're doing this is what we're ready to get you have more teams coming into it as well you obviously have audi getting involved you have porsche knocking at the door honda are looking at getting back into it what about yourself any predictions for this weekend
0: no not really i i'd like to see um haas place in the top 10 i know that's kind of a very Low level prediction yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shoot for the stars boys yeah. <laughs> Shoot for the stars and stripes I think I just I The front of the pack Is obviously very exciting But it's really hard to tell Who will come out on top And well, obviously Red Bull And then the next three teams Are kind of up yeah. in the air So it's kind of hard To make a prediction about them And, and that, the, that leaves such slim pickings Then for the yeah, rest of the teams Exactly yeah um, I'd I, like to see Gasly do well Not that I'm predicting him to do well But uh, um, he had a pretty rough weekend last weekend. He had weekend. a rough
1: weekend, but he had a really solid race. So, true. again, I I was just about to say, I think if if it's going to be a chaotic race, Gasly Ocon, He could capitalise on it. Yeah, Gasly Ocon and Magnussen Hülkenberg are the, probably the most likely to be able to capitalise it. They're the experienced yeah. drivers who've done that in the past, capitalised and, and made big, uh, big gains out of situations that were out of their control, and they were there to pick up the pieces
0: so now we're going to move on to a section we like to call pit lane problems it's basically an agony ant in f1 terms where we get fan questions and we're going to give them advice based on what their problem is
1: so we've had this voice note in from a concerned listener
0: hi jason and Colum. hopefully you can help me with my pit lane problem i've been following my favorite driver for the last few years and halfway through last year he left the team to go back to his ex who i despise I feel like I'm in a dilemma now because I don't know if I should continue to support my favourite driver or switch to another driver. I've invested so much time and energy into supporting him, but now he's with his ex-team, it just doesn't feel the same. Plus, I don't want to support his ex-team. What should I do?
1: So this is a situation we can completely empathise with, you know, it's it's very frustrating and... Grating. Grating and upsetting when your favourite driver has moved and you know moving to another team that you like that's bad but moving to a team you don't like that's
0: that's even worse I don't know Colin what, what would you do in this situation I think I'd like to keep supporting the driver I know when Science moved to Ferrari I, I still support him And <laughs> struggle through struggle through it's been a, it's been a long time I think you should stick
1: with them. Keep on keeping on. I would uh, personally go scorched earth, um, unfollow them on Instagram, unfollow them on LinkedIn. You know, if they come up on the TV, cancel your site subscription, you know, stop looking.
0: I think maybe, you know, leave them a few voice messages, you know, tell them how much, you know, you appreciate them. And then maybe they might come back, you know, you never know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know,
1: keep keep needling it in that they're wrong, that they, they shouldn't have went to that team. Not like they had a choice or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Basically getting booted. So yeah, I suppose to to put our advice together, it would be, yeah, keep keep supporting your driver. So if you have your own pit lane problem that you would like us to discuss and not give you any solution for, be sure to give us a call on 1-800-F1-F1-F1. So, F1 Fantasy. So, we have a few points in from Mick here. He says, Verstappen is only going to be mentioned once and once only on this podcast. Have him in your team. That's it. On to actual picks for this week. Sergio Perez and Joe Guanyu are Mick's startum category this week. Perez, because he had a strong quali last year, but got messed up slightly by the safety car, as we discussed. But you'd be looking for at least a second place given the pace of the Red Bull. Joe Guan Yu would pick up as a good value proposition and an opportunity for best of the rest once you get rid of the Red Bulls, Aston Martins. He picked up eight points last week from overtakes alone, so he's a good shout for this week. In mixed kick them section, we have Lando Norris. The trust in the cards isn't there and you're leaving yourself open to a DNF on that one. And Merck just get rid of them why spend 20 million on any of them when they aren't really going to pick up points you're not going to be picking up overtakes and you're not looking at picking up any fastest laps so you could really be spending your money elsewhere mixed wildcard picks this week are Alex Albon Williams had a surprisingly good race car last week so they're looking to see what they can do where high speed is going to be a big advantage they do like a gamble on safety cars and longer stints so Albon will be perfectly placed to get there his surprise pick on the bad side is Lance Stroll due to obviously they're in the faster car so we could get a high qualifying position but he is the more likely of the top four teams you would say to pick up a DNF which would obviously drop you an awful lot of points. So
0: Stroll to avoid, Albon to pick up and that's your lot for this week on the Fantasy Sports. Cheers Jason and cheers Mick. Now we're going to finish off with F pun a section where we pick a topic and we just come up with F1 related puns. What's our topic for this week Colin? I think it's food. So anything related to food. Food, So it's like... Here's one I prepared earlier. Al bon appetit. Ah, that's not a food. Well, it's food related. <laughs> so, uh,
1: his name's already a pun. There's an old driver called Gerhard Burger.
0: It's <laughs> not <that> a pun? <laughs> it's just <laughs> Gerhard
1: Burger. If you're listening, Gerhard. Spaghetti Bottas Alexander Cabalbon. <laughs>
0: Pepperoni and t- De Vries pizza. <laughs> C- cream De Vries.
1: <laughs> took me a minute. <laughs> Cock on O'Van.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> Pinot Grigio. Uh, That's not really food, is it? Pinot Grigio is not. Oh, wine. Drink. Yeah.
1: Wine goes, like, wine goes with food. Yeah, I I don't think it's a pun, but Leclerc and chips
0: sounds like it could be something. Clear <laughs> what? Science ketchup. <laughs> there's a for bananas. You know, there's a there's a lot of p- p- potassium in them. <laughs> oh no, George
1: Brussels sprouts. <laughs> So to introduce our new hardworking producer and social media manager and soon to be on the podcaster, Gemma, we're going to ream off some of her puns. So are you ready for these? Jeddah cheese, sausage and Baku. hmm? Oh, I I forgot about the track completely. (laughs) Spa, Frank or Chomps, Hungry or Ring, De Vries Range Chicken. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Chopsui Noda. (laughs) That's also a song. Rick Yarbonara. (laughs) She's much better at this than we are. Yeah, avocado. No, Michael. This is so sort of
0: right. <laughs> uh,
1: so you can look forward to Gemma's puns from now on, and I'm sure we will be asking on our new shiny Instagram page to submit your own puns before our next episode. So if you want to find us on Instagram, the name will be the same as
0: the podcast. Did you watch the race? All one word, and that is where we will be, like we said, running the competition. So thanks for listening next week we'll be reviewing the Jetta race i've been Colum. i've been jason be sure to leave us a review if you enjoyed the podcast we're found on all major podcast platforms
1: spotify apple music google podcasts so thanks cheers guys